Hello and welcome back to Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. I am Funny Wine Girl Janine Luby and I will freely admit to you that I am new at podcasting and I am still learning. So I began this episode, this week's episode is called A Tourist in My Hometown of Scranton and I actually started it before so I'm not sure how the editing is going to go but I had to take a pause because, and I'm embarrassed to tell you this, um, the heat is getting to me and my 40-something hormones. I was having complete brain freezes and I would have gone on, but I was kind of like, what am I talking about? So I had to take a little bit of a break. So I recorded some and I might do some editing and I might not. I have no idea. But anyway, I am Funny Wine Girl Janine Luby. This is Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. And we're going to talk about the time that I was a tourist in my own hometown, and that is Scranton, Pennsylvania, in northeastern Pennsylvania. So it is also, of course, as you know, home of the office, right? <laughs> That's right. And recently, I guess it came out that people were like, oh, wow, that's not just a fictional town. That's real. So, of course, if you do the hashtag Scranton is real, you will find posts. So, yes, I am in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and I'm going to talk this week about how I played tour guide or tourist in my hometown when I was showing around my friend Marie Deguin and her husband Jean-Claude Deguin from France. In my previous episode last week, I spoke about how I met Marie on a train. I was visiting Van Gogh's grave and did not do my homework, which is kind of a common thing for me. And I was lost and she helped me out. We've exchanged numerous postcards through the years and gifts and letters and now even emails. And gosh, I met her in 2002. So this is now 2021, but we're not going to we're not going to follow a timeline here, okay? One thing that I've said numerous times is I know my flaws, okay? I am a procrastinator, that is one. I am also not the neatest person. I am not the most organized. So why should my podcast be that way? I'm sorry. I'm being real here, okay? I'm being authentic. So in my previous podcast last week um, that was published June 3rd, I believe it was, I spoke about how I met Marie and that was around 2002. So we're going to jump ahead. I did spend a week in her hometown outside of Paris, St. Le La Forêt. I spent a week with her and her husband where they treated me amazingly and just showed me all over France. And we did get to spend a week together in Bonneau. It is uh, this Bonneau region of, of Provence. And that was an amazing, amazing time. And I got to visit so many places that Van Gogh visited and he painted. I am not going to talk about those. I'm going to do a little bit of a time leap. So I'm going to leap from 2002 to 2015. And we're going to talk about when Jean-Claude and Marie Deguin visited my hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania. That's right. I want to talk about this for a couple of reasons. One, I am a proud Scrantonian and... If you've ever been through the region, if you've ever talked to people from the region, there's a lot of self-deprecation, and I'm okay with self-deprecation. Uh, it's It has its place so that we can keep ourselves in check, so that we realize that we're not the center of the universe, and it can be great in comedy, and I've used it. I mean, 
You know, I've put on weight through the years. I'm aging. I have so many age spots and moles on my skin that after I run in the woods on trails, I'm like, tick check, please. How the hell would I find it? I'm like trying to pull things off and I'm like, oh shit, that's just a mole. Um, so yeah, uh, you there is a place for self-deprecation. However, Sometimes there's a lot of, you might feel a sense of self-loathing from some folks in Scranton. And my thought is always, if you don't like something, either you change your attitude or change. You can leave the city or you can make something else happen. And I say that as someone who has done that. I have a business where I offer, excuse me, laughter yoga and I've performed comedy through the years. I've held fundraisers. I'm not saying I'm a doer because I don't like how that sounds. I'm a doer, Uh, but I've done things. I've done fundraisers. I've helped promote my fellow uh, business owners. I've... Do I do kind of things that aren't run of the mill. Laughter, yoga, and comedy aren't exactly on every corner. So my point is, if you want something bad enough, make it happen or else stop your griping. So Scranton does have a lot to offer. So I want to talk about when they visited Marie and Jean-Claude Deguin in 2015, uh, when they came to visit me in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I want to talk about it not just because I spoke about Marie last week, not just because I want to highlight what it, it was that we did together, but also because after the pandemic, we were locked up for a while. And now everybody's like, ah, I can't wait to get out. And it's like, you know, a stampede at Walmart, you know, on Black Friday, people are like, ah, let me out of the house. I'm going to leave my yoga pants behind. Put on something a little bit flashier. Yoga pants with like, I don't know, stripes, metallic stripes. I don't know. (laughs) But we're all excited. We're all eager to get out. So it's a good time for you to explore Scranton and the surrounding area. And if you have any relatives coming in from out of town or people visiting as I did in 2015, I want to talk about and highlight some of the places that you can take them, and it's pretty cool. So in 2015, Marie and Jean-Claude arrived in Philadelphia at the airport. That was not the best situation. There was a delay, and we're all sweaty and tired, but okay, we get home. Saturday morning, I took them on a walking tour of Scranton, downtown Scranton, which was held by the Lackawanna Historical Society. Now, things have changed, I know, because of the pandemic, so... I don't know when they're going to get back to quote unquote normal, but this was pre-pandemic and a lot of people came out on a Saturday morning to get a walking tour of the architecture in Scranton because it's pretty cool. So I just want to highlight a couple places. My apologies. I don't know how much I'm going to edit, so I will apologize for, uh, you know, clearing my throat and whatnot. As I said, I'm new to this and I, I am going to learn. I promise I'm going to get better at this. Hang in there and listen because it's not just going to be me every week. I'm going to have great guests, people who have a lot to share. Um, they can give you tips on things so you can be, you know, educated, learn something new, and hopefully you'll be just engaged and entertained at the very least. And you'll have a little something to drink with us. Tonight I'm got, I'm, I'm got, yeah. Oh, heavens to Murgatroyd. And I haven't, I swear to you, I haven't even been drinking that much. I've had a couple mouthfuls, but I am drinking a Chardonnay from uh, Chateau St. Michel. It is from Washington State, Columbia Valley, which is becoming a pretty big spot for uh, for wine. Um, due to the pandemic and to fires, a lot of wineries have been hit hard uh, and affected in a detrimental way in California. So, 
a lot of people are looking to the wineries in Washington State, which, of course, they're, you know, they've, they're producing some great wine. But California's had its troubles. Uh, Columbia Valley in Washington State is emerging as a, a good spot for wine. <clears throat> Excuse me. And surprisingly, I did read this, and this, this might surprise you, the uh, latitude and longitude, which don't even get me started because I'm no cartographer, I'm no geographer, I am not good at this stuff. But what I read is that the reason Columbia Valley in Washington State is good for wine is because of the latitude and longitude is the region and the climate and that uh, location geographically is similar to uh, the regions, a lot of the really great wine producing regions in France. So who knew? France, Washington State, who can tell the difference? So I am having a Chardonnay. It is a little bit oaky for me, a little woody for me. I like, I mean, it's not, it's not super dry. Some of them almost gag me. They're so oaky. This is not like that at all. I just like them to be done in a stainless steel as opposed to wood because I just like them to be a little bit smoother. But Chardonnay is a nice white wine. I prefer Sauvignon Blanc, Gewurztraminer, Viognier, Vidal Blanc. They're all good too. But I like to try different things. I always crack up when I talk to people who are like, no, I only drink this wine that comes out of, uh, you know, a winery that faces the Adriatic Sea and it's produced once every decade and, you know. And yes, I'm mocking a friend or two of mine who may have said that uh, they only drink like one or two wines and that's it. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Anywho, let's not let's not let's not spread shade or throw shade or tea or whatever that is. Oh, did I mention it's warm? It's really humid, so it's not so much the wine that's causing my brain fog this week. I think it's the heat and humidity. Humidity. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? It's the heat and humidity on the East Coast this week. So I do apologize. So let's get back to it. Saturday morning in August 2015. We were walking in downtown Scranton and one of our gems that you really should take a look at is the Scranton Cultural Center on Washington, actually North Washington Avenue. You can see plays there. You can see off-Broadway plays. And let me tell you, they are really good quality. Uh, there are quite a few amazing plays that go through their, through their productions, different things. So uh, the Scranton Cultural Center was formerly called the Masonic Temple. And it was designed by an architect named Raymond Hood. He is credited with also being involved with the design of Rockefeller Center. Now, when I look up architect of Rockefeller Center, it mentions a gentleman named, I believe, Hoffmeister, I think is the name. But according to the walking tour that we took with the Historical Society, and when I look up Raymond Hood, he is credited with designing the Scranton Cultural Center Masonic Temple and with Rockefeller Center. So maybe there were two men who worked on it, or who knows, maybe one man just got more attention. But my point being is, Check that out because, sure, everyone loves to go to New York City, but look at the great architecture we have right here in downtown Scranton. So the Scranton Cultural Center, also formerly known as Masonic Temple, it is considered to be Gothic, uh, rev uh, Gothic Revival Renaissance. Um, I don't know if I'm merging those together. I am not an architect. But the cool thing is right next door is the Albright Library, the Scranton Public Library, and that is another gorgeous building. I don't, I'm not going to tell you who designed it, 
not because I'm trying to keep a secret, but I don't know. <laughs> but the style of the library is considered Renaissance uh, French Chateau. It is a gorgeous building. So that building is right next door. It's right around the corner there from Scranton Cultural Center. So check those out. Uh, so I took Marie and Jean-Claude around downtown and we finished at the home of the Lackawanna Historical Society, which is in a very cool building. Also, it's called the Catlin House, and that is housed on the campus of the University of Scranton. So if you do come to Scranton or if you live outside the area and you're bringing relatives, walk around the campus of the University of Scranton because there are many beautiful buildings. And the Catlin House is where you can go in and talk to people from the Lackawanna Historical Society who, if they're not giving tours, I am sure they will give you information and they will tell you some of the other sites that you should visit in Scranton. So, uh, again, I'm going to apologize again just because of I have to take lessons, I guess singing lessons, to learn breath control because this podcast, whole, this whole podcast thing is new to me. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I never realized how much I spit over my words and things. And again, I've had literally a half a glass of wine. So between the heat and my 40-something hormones, which I'm sorry, but in the morning anymore, I wake up, I go to the bathroom, I look in the mirror, and I don't see myself, you know? I don't see my own, you know, face looking back at me. I see Tom Hanks, and I hear this angry voice say, we're the captain now, bitch, and it's the voice of my hormones. So just to give you an idea of where I'm at functioning-wise, um, yeah, so I'm going to work on that. Maybe I need some hormone injections. I don't know. So we took a walking tour of Scranton. We went to dinner. I believe we went to dinner that night. But like I said, I'm not going chronologically because that's just not my style. It's just not. So I do want to highlight some other things that we did. Um, we did that. We did the walking tour. We, um, oh, Sunday. Okay, so I am going to go chronologically a little bit here. So Sunday... I had planned a party because, you know, Scranton is the home of the office. And what did they tell you on the office? Ain't no party like a Scranton party because in Scranton the party don't stop. What, what? And that is true. <laughs> we are known for our parties and our Scranton uh, St. Patrick's Day parade, which I think it was uh, considered one of the biggest behind like New York City, Chicago and Boston. So, yeah, we know how to party. Maybe not something that we need to be super duper proud about, but that's okay. We like to party in this region. And I think that dates back to the coal miners. Um, they pretty much used to go to work. They worked hard. This region is known for hard workers that started in the coal mines. Uh, people like my grandmother who passed away years ago, but she worked in dress factories, a lot of blue collar workers, but the men, especially in the coal mines would go to the corner bars because we had corner bars literally on every corner, maybe even two per corner at times. Um, they would go there for their boiler makers. They'd have a shot and a beer. So yeah, so we're a party area in Scranton. So on Sunday, when my friends visited from France, I had rented a tent and some tables and chairs. And I think I had it catered and did kind of a mishmash, but I did have a cake made with their picture on it. And I invited a ton of people. Well, it's a ton. I don't know what the heck is a ton. Maybe a couple dozen people. And I was just so excited to do something warm and welcoming for them because guess what? 
In 2009, when I visited, they threw me a party. And I wasn't doing it just to be like, oh, I better do one too. I really was excited to share my international friendship, my international friends with my American friends and family. So I had a variety of people here and it was pretty cool. I will say, unfortunately, a lot of people were kind of, because a lot of them didn't know French, they kind of ignored uh, the guests of honor, Jean-Claude and Marie, and I don't say that to chastise. They just, I get it. They didn't know, other than smiling and nodding, what to do because they didn't know French. But, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, go out on a limb and learn a couple sentences before you come to the party. Just a thought. But that's okay. Uh, some of my friends um, did make an effort and attempted to talk to them, which which was great. You know, other people just smiled and nodded, and that was okay, too. So we had a great time and I am going to post pictures. My website is not up just yet, but check out Funny Wine Girl on Facebook. Funny Wine Girl Janine, actually, on Facebook. I'm going to post pictures because, oh my gosh, these two people are amazing. Jean-Claude and Marie, they came here and he knew, they didn't know about the party until basically the day before. So they get here and the night before, I think it was just the night before Saturday night, Jean-Claude did this. He created a short story to share with everyone at the party. And he is an artist. You know, they're, again, I got to say they're amazing people. He's an artist who paints and draws. Marie also paints. Her sister paints. Her son is is a photographer who's very artistic um and you know they're just amazing people and marie also plays an instrument jean-claude taught i believe architecture or design in college but they're very talented people so for the party jean-claude wanted to do a little recreation of how i met marie on the train so he had drawn on paper these, this really cute, it was like more like cartoonish animation of how we met. And he shared it and he told it in the little bit of American, of English that he knew. And it was just really sweet. I was moved to tears and it was just cool. So we had this great party on Sunday. So Monday, I took them and I am going to tell you it's this, you know, this tour of, of the area isn't just... Scranton. Of course, it's centered in Scranton, but um, I took them outside of the area. And I will tell you also that I live in a double house. So my parents literally live on the other side. So I let Jean-Claude and Marie stay on my side of the house. And so for the week, I stayed next door with my parents. So we were right there for them if they needed anything. We have the shared yard and we were able to just have a really nice time. So Monday, I took them to this place that's in the Poconos. I guess I'd call it the Pocono region, Bangor, Pennsylvania. And it's a gorgeous, peaceful place called the Column Sile. It could be Column Seal. I could be mispronouncing it. Megalith Park. Now, I know they often have um, different kind of ceremonies uh, for people who really celebrate the earth and possibly even Wiccan ceremonies. I don't know too much about that, so I won't say that, but you can check it out online. Column Sile or Column Seal Megalith Park in Bangor, Pennsylvania. I consider that to be part of Stroudsburg, or excuse me, uh, part of the Poconos. It's not far from Stroudsburg. So it's about a 50-minute ride from Scranton. Very easy. I took them there. I figured they'd enjoy it. It was beautiful. There's a, a, a labyrinth there, which we actually did not go into, um, but we just walked around and there's just, oh my gosh, it's just very cool. I mean, there's different kinds of pieces 
uh, with bells and just a really cool like trees and shrubs and it's super peaceful um, really quiet meant to be a peaceful place and they really did like it we stopped for lunch and then that evening we took them to one of my favorite restaurants in Scranton called Casa Bella and not only is it one of my favorite restaurants but it's in my neighborhood in Scranton it's actually walking distance a couple blocks away in North Scranton it's called Casa Bella and it's I don't I won't call it Italian food I don't I don't consider it Italian and the gentleman who owns it is actually Eastern European I think he might be Croatian but don't quote me on that um, but the service is fantastic you will have not one not two maybe like five different people waiting on you at one time getting you water getting you fresh bread uh, and the food is consistently good so we took them there and they enjoyed their meal now of course I don't know if they'd ever be completely honest because come on French food I don't know that Scranton can compete but it was certainly a good meal. Now I'm going to stop being chronological because I'll be honest. I don't have my uh, my little list in front of me that I kept. I did write it down after they left because I thought to myself, you know, people always complain about the area that there's nothing to do. I want to share this. I want to write, write a blog about this someday so that people can go visit the places I took my friends from France who were completely engaged and entertained. And I will say that they thoroughly enjoyed their walking tour of Scranton. Um, Oh my gosh, how could I forget? So I'm going to backtrack a little because as I said, I don't do much in order. I'm not super organized. But on our walking tour, I mentioned the Scranton Cultural Center. But what I forgot to mention was the Radisson, which you might go, the Radisson, who the hell cares about a hotel? But it's not so much that it's the Radisson. It's the Radisson at uh, the station, the, the Lackawanna Station uh, Hotel. So again, it's the humidity. It's my hormones. And I'm probably messing up the name. But it's basically the former train station in Scranton. So if you're on Lackawanna Avenue, you'll run into it. It is a gorgeous old historic building, a historic train station. But the Radisson Hotel is actually housed there. So I took him in that building because, oh, we are really fortunate that I remember as a child being in there with my dad when it was nothing. It was no longer a train station and it was to a point where windows were broken, pigeons were in there and we, I guess it was still open. I don't know why it was open. And I just have this vague memory of walking in there and it wasn't really anything at the time. It was kind of just half boarded up, half opened up and birds were getting in it. But they managed to thankfully restore it. So now it's the Radisson. But when you walk in to the lobby, they have their their restaurant called Carmen's and then they have a bar there called Tracks because there are railroad tracks behind there. Scranton is known for its coal mining, but also for trains as well. We have the Steamtown Historical Site, which is great for train enthusiasts. Now, um, oh my gosh, We'll get to that in a second. I totally forgot. I took them on a train ride too. So the historical uh, former train station, which is now the Radisson, I took them there when we did our little walking tour of downtown Scranton. And that wasn't even part of the tour. I just took them there because I, I knew that they would appreciate it. And here's how I know they weren't faking that they enjoyed it. 
Jean-Claude, who, as I said, teaches design in France, when he saw the mosaics that are in the lobby, they're, I guess, I don't know if the correct word is friezes or frieze. That's kind of like a, a tableau. It's like um, rectangular in shape. It's like an art piece, but they're tiles, they're mosaics. He actually put his hand over his mouth and gasped. And I'm not talking in an ironic or sarcastic way. Like he was totally moved by the beauty of these mosaics, these tiles. So yes, you have to go as well to walk into the lobby of the Radisson. And who knows, maybe you've been there and you've had brunch and you've just been like, oh yeah, I've never noticed. Walk around, look up, look up at the beautiful, like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. The size of the place, the mosaic tiles, it's gorgeous. Okay, so I got out of order there and I apologize. So I took them to the park, the column sile. We had dinner that evening. And now, like I said, I'm jumping out of order. So I also want to mention some other iconic things to see and do in Scranton. So the Steamtown, the National Steamtown Historic Site is all about locomotives. Now, I will not say that I get super excited about trains. I can't tell you that. And in fact, I had not gone there until Marie and Jean-Claude came here. And and I will also say our train ride was super short. It was cute. Um, but it was very cool just to be on the train and to be on the tracks. And there is also, of course, a museum in there. So if you do know anyone who likes trains, the history of trains, locomotives. It is pretty cool to go there. And there is also uh, the trolley museum, which, <clears throat> excuse me, there are old trolleys to look at because Scranton got its nickname, the Electric City, because we are said to have had the very first electric uh, streetcar or trolley car. So that is where Electric City comes from for Scranton. So we have the Trolley Museum, which is right next door to Steamtown National Historic Site with all the locomotive cool things. You can take a ride. You can look at all the neat things, the museum. It is very cool, I have to tell you. So that's pretty cool. So I did take them there. We, we went on a train ride. Another iconic thing I mentioned a few minutes ago about Scranton's history is long when it comes to uh, hard work and coal mines. So we also have the Lackawanna coal mine tour. Now, for whatever reason, and I can't remember, the day I took them there, there was a problem because I've gone on it once myself and I took a friend who was visiting from upstate New York and I did go see it once. You go down deep into, I don't want to say deep, like journey into the center of the earth, but you go down pretty deep and it's an old coal mine. For whatever reason, I think they were working on the actual car that takes you down. There was a problem. So I couldn't take Jean-Claude and Marie with me that day. We couldn't go down and see that. But we did go to see the Anthracite Museum, which I want to get the name right. I'm Hopefully I'm getting it right. It is, is it called the Anthracite Museum? Yes, it is uh, Anthracite Heritage Museum, okay? And that is right by where you'd buy your tickets for the Lackawanna Coal Mine Tour. Both of those are located at McDade Park. Now, McDade was a former congressman from Scranton, Joseph McDade, and that's who the park is named after. McDade Park is a beautiful park located at the, I guess you'd call the south end, west end, kind of a mix of Scranton, really close to the border of a borough called Taylor. So that's a beautiful park. They're, um, well, I don't know about their pool for the summer because 
you know, everything is different post-COVID. But there's the coal mine tour. There's the Anthracite Heritage Museum. There are trails, little streams that run through there. There are tennis courts, basketball courts. You can always find people, part, you know, having different family gatherings under the pavilion. It's really a lovely place to go. And if you climb all the way up, there are steps that will take you, concrete steps to the top uh, where the tennis courts are. You can get a beautiful view of Scranton. And you can get a beautiful view of another iconic place that I took Jean-Claude and Marie, and that is St. Anne's Basilica. St. Anne's Monastery uh, It's also known as the Basilica, which is an honorary term uh, by the Catholic Church. It's uh, an honorary designation because it's it recognizes places of worship that are, well, pretty special. Let's put it that way, pretty special. And St. Anne's is a very special place. It is not only a gorgeous uh, church, a gorgeous building. It's in the west part of Scranton, west side. But it is a place where people come to worship and they have what's called uh, St. Anne's Novena. Now, Anne, for those of you who aren't Catholic, St. Anne is the mother of Mary, the Blessed Mother, who is the Mary of Jesus. Uh, the Mary of, okay, can I tell you it's it's hot? <clears throat> Anne is the mother of Mary. Mary is the mother of Jesus. So that's how it goes in the Catholic faith, the Catholic Church. But, you know, and I was raised Catholic. I do not still go to church, and that's a topic for another time, but let me say how how peaceful and how lovely it is if you ever decide to go to visit St. Anne's Monastery in West Scranton. Um, the novena is held every summer in July for about a week, and you can attend Mass outside, and they say a special prayer, St. Anne's Novena. My parents took me there Oh, gosh, I think I remember going as early as five or six years old, <laughs> but you know how kids can be, right? Kids are kids. I did not recall how lovely it was in a spiritual sense. I remember having a piece of cake. So I remembered it as a kid as more of a party or a picnic. Uh, that's because they have some food and, ref you know, other refreshments for after you go to mass. So I remember having like, in my mind, I remember it being like, white icing, like coconut or something. But so for me, St. Anne's Novena was like a picnic or a party. Perhaps not what they'd want me to remember, but that's okay because I've been back since and I, of course, now know it to be a place where you can go and be peaceful. I think of my grandmother who's deceased. I say a prayer for her. And it's just a really, really nice thing to do. And you can have uh, items blessed with St. Anne's oil, special oil. So for Catholics, it's a really special place. Now, here's something I want to share as well. So I mentioned that it's a very special place for Catholics. Now, Marie and Jean-Claude, um, and I should have done my research before because I, all, I often confuse and I mix up agnostic versus atheist. I will admit, I forget which they are. So I'll just say that they used to be Catholic and now they no longer believe in God. They now imagine having very serious conversations when, you know, I try my best to speak French, but I'm sure I mess it up royally and they try their best to speak English and they mess them some things up. But we always have our French English dictionaries nearby. So through the, the times we've spent together, they have explained to me that they love visiting churches 
but not for what most people would think. They don't go there because they want to pray or because they want to find peace. They go there because they find the architecture to be beautiful. And of course it is. Uh, I visited Notre Dame when I went to France and it's amazing. So I took them to St. Anne's uh, Basilica, St. Anne's Monastery, um, it used to be St. Anne's Monastery. Now it's known as the Basilica because that's the special designation. They loved, you know, they love the architecture. That's why they appreciated it. But they do not believe in God any longer and they do not pray. So um, I'll just leave that there. We'll put a pin in that because I know there are probably very strong feelings about that. So what I would say about that, and then I'll move on, is that, you know, we often might hear that and think, oh, what horrible people, or, you know, we might make a judgment call. And I probably would too. I will admit to being judgmental at times. But um, Marie and Jean-Claude have been beautiful people to me. They've been lovely. They've been generous. They've been kind. Uh, Jean-Claude, one of his things he does since he's retired is visit prisoners who have no family. So basically so that they have someone to talk to. So they're lovely people. Um, so it really has nothing to do with their religion or their belief or lack of belief in God. So, um, I will leave that there and say, uh, moving on, uh, we went to McDade Park. We went to, and the reason I'm doing this, because now I'm doing it geographically, uh, McDade Park, as I said, is close to Taylor. So McDade Park is also not very far from West Scranton, where St. Anne's Basilica is. And then Taylor is not too far from a place called Old Forge, Pennsylvania, which is also often referred to as the pizza capital of the world. Now, Pizza is a very, oh gosh, it's right up there with politics and religion. People who live in this region or who visit from New York or New Jersey, they like their pizza. And a lot of people who live here are like, that's not pizza. You don't, you don't know what pizza is until you've had Old Forge pizza. So I just like starches and carbs and cheese. So I'm not going to argue Let's say peace, man. I'll have a thick or a thin pizza. So Jersey and New York folks like thin pizza. They typically do not like Old Forge pizza. Old Forge pizza is a little on the bready side, and often it's made with American cheese, which people, some people do not like. But I will say to you, um, France, when you think of France, you don't necessarily think of pizza, right? And I can tell you I visited three times and I don't recall having one slice of pizza when I went to visit. I did go to, to McDonald's on my first visit, though. They had a little bit of a different menu, but hey, who doesn't look for the golden arches at times when you just want something familiar, right? A taste of home. So I took Jean-Claude and Marie there and it was the afternoon. We ordered a tray of pizza and we had, I think, draft beers, and they loved it. They loved it. And again, how do I know that they weren't just faking? Because they devoured the pizza. They really did enjoy it. And they had big cheesy smiles on their face, so I know they enjoyed it. So, gosh, I am already at like almost 35 minutes, and as I said earlier, I'm still learning with the podcast, and pretty soon I'm not going to be able to say that because... Fast forward a few months, and if you're still listening, you're going to be like, you know what, Janine, it's been months. You need to learn to edit, and you need to get your, your crap together here. But I just don't want you to be bored, or um, 
I don't know. People's attention spans are short these days. So I don't want to go on too long, but I really wanted to hit the highlights. So we've got the architecture of downtown Scranton, which is quite lovely. It's beautiful and renowned, quite frankly. The architect, you know, who worked on Rockefeller Center, worked on the Cultural Center. That's pretty amazing. Uh, The historical uh, former train station, the Radisson, gorgeous. Um, McDade Park, see the coal mine tour, visit the Anthracite Heritage Museum. And I will say that that was the first time I ever visited that museum is when I took Jean-Claude and Marie. So it's kind of cool being a tourist in your own town because you go to places you would never have gone before. Now, I did not take them to the Houdini Museum. The Houdini Museum is a place in North Scranton on Main Avenue. Um, Well, I guess that's considered Providence Avenue. I run past there all the time and I've never gone to the museum. I don't know. I kind of thought it was a joke, but I do know people who've gone and who've said it's it's pretty cool. So I'm not going to say either way because I haven't seen it and I did not take them to that. I think I considered it, but it might have been on vacation that week. Well, not the museum because I don't know if buildings take a vacation so much as the people who operate them. But you know what I'm saying. Um, so I took them to St. Anne's Basilica. I took them to McDade Park. We went and had Old Forge Pizza because, hey, it's the pizza capital of the world. Uh, what else did I do with them um, before I wrap up. Oh, another thing I did with them in Scranton. I took them to the jazz festival. Again, I talk to you now in an age that's kind of like we're feeling our footing. We don't know what's what. It's post-COVID. Things are coming back, but maybe not right away. So I don't know what this August will bring. But traditionally, every August was uh, the time when you would go to the Jazz Festival in Scranton. And again, there's that Radisson, the Lackawanna uh, former train station. It, you know, it's so cool. They have this really neat outdoor space that's like, it's it's open air, but it's got like this amazing like roof over it. So you're protected from the rain. Uh, and I know they just did an event there, an outdoor story slam. But that is where they would do some of the entertainment for the jazz festival. And, you know, Spyro Gyro was one of the acts. And of course, of course, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Chuck Mangione uh, has performed at the Jazz Festival of Scranton. So I took them to that because I know they love jazz music. And I was really fortunate. My good friend Julia Munley got us amazing tickets. So it was kind of funny because Marie was really cute. Um... The usher gave us the tickets or showed us where we were going, and she just kept bringing us up and up and up. And we could have sat in the front row, but we were both like, yeah, we don't need to sit that close. So I think we settled on like the second or third row because, I don't know, I guess we had these, you know, amazing tickets that we could have sat as close as we wanted. And so, of course, that made me look kind of impressive in front of Marie and Jean-Claude because they're like, you know, their mouths are open and they're grinning like, wow. So they really enjoyed the music. And we went to a restaurant uh, called Terra Preta, which it was on Wyoming Avenue. It's since moved. And unfortunately, it did not make it through the pandemic. But we had an amazing meal there. And they were like really using locally sourced uh, materials, recipe, um, excuse me, uh, food materials, uh, farm to table kind of thing. It was called Terra Preta and it was delicious. And I know that um, Marie and Jean-Claude enjoyed their meal. So then we went to the jazz festival. They love that. I should also mention a local business in Scranton called Note. Well, it was called Note 
then. It is now called Notology, and they have a location in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, but also in downtown Scranton on the corner of Wyoming and Spruce. So Note is a very cool, or Notology, excuse me. Daniel Fleming is the owner, and she has a pretty cool background. She went to Marywood University in Scranton, and I believe she majored in psychology. And I mention that because it's really cool, the connection between scents, aromas, and psychology. And I don't know her full, you know, story or history, so I'm not going to like misrepresent her, but I believe her background or her education was in psychology and we've talked. Uh, I know Danielle fairly well. I've done some events there and she's great, very generous, and she's done fundraisers. So we've spoken through the years and, you know, the connection between our memories that we have and and sense aromas is just amazing. So I believe that's kind of like how she got into it because she was in psychology and then I don't know if she just liked making things. She first had Danielle and company and she was making soaps and then she went and started Note which is now Notology and she makes fragrances and it is so cool and it's so true about how when we smell something it can take us right back to a memory of when we were children. And that can be a good memory or a bad memory. But I know myself, when I smell fresh cut grass, I'm taken back to my childhood. And when we would ride from Scranton to Lake Winola, which now is only, as an adult, it's like, oh, this isn't far. But as a kid, a 20 to 30 minute ride was like, oh my gosh. I, I think I even fell asleep in the car a couple times. But the fresh cut grass in the summer, I kind of think of myself being a kid riding up to Lake Winola. Um, you know, the smell of fall every year, I think of myself trick-or-treating as a kid. So smells, aromas, we have so many memories tied to them. And uh, here's a little bit. I do wine tastings from time to time, and uh, I'm an independent wine guide for a company called Traveling Vineyard. And we can only really taste five different things. And I know I'll mess it up because, like I said, my mind unfortunately is mushed tonight. But sweet, salt, savory, sour, bitter, um, I don't know, did I say salty? So we can only really taste five different things with our taste buds and our tongue. But our noses can smell, and I, I mean, I read this online, trillions, and it's crazy to think, trillions of different aromas or different fragrances. So that's why it's so important that our nose and our works together with our, our mouth, our taste buds. It's amazing how much flavor and taste is influenced by what we can smell. And that's why when you smell your wine glass, a lot of times you'll smell things more than you'll actually taste them. Or I should say, if you smell lemon or citrus in your wine, that actually helps you to taste it. So I'm getting off track and I want to get back to notology. So I took Marie to make her own fragrance, which is something you can do at Notology. It's so cool. I've made two fragrances. Um, I've taken my father there to make a fragrance. I've taken my aunt there to make a fragrance. And I took Marie and Jean-Claude, and it was my gift to Marie for her to make a fragrance. And it's the coolest thing. She took it. It was all wrapped up. And I believe she was turning 70 that year in October. And so this was August. She told me she would not open that. That was going to be her birthday present to herself when she returned to France in October. And I mean, what a lovely memory. I And you know what? 
I do recall now when I told her, she actually got tears in her eyes. That's how special she thought that was. And it is a really cool and unique experience to make your own fragrance. And I know I love mine. Mine's called J. Lou, as in Janine Luby, J. Lou After Dark. And mine has patchouli in it. It's got amber. It's got chocolate. It's kind of... I want to say it's kind of heavy, but I think it's also kind of sexy and delicious. <laughs> Which, sexy and delicious. Yeah, that's that's the name of my next podcast episode, Sexy and Delicious. Um, so because I'm starting to lose my voice, and I think I've talked enough, and I hope you're still interested and engaged, I think I'm going to wrap there. Because those are the true highlights I wanted to mention. There are fabulous things to do in Scranton and the surrounding region. And I will write a blog post about this so that I list things more thoroughly and I will include pictures. And check out Funny Wine Girl with Janine on Facebook. And uh, in the coming days, I will post some pictures um, of the trip when Marie and Jean-Claude came to Scranton. I did also take them for the day to New York City. I also took them to upstate New York. We visited a couple wineries in the Finger Lakes and I took them to the Corning Glass Museum. So we're talking about a two hour to two and a half hour ride. Not a bad day trip. Not bad at all. Oh, I also took them to a Rail Riders game, which Rail Riders are the minor league, the AAA baseball team associated with the New York Yankees. And that's in Music, which is right outside of Scranton. And again, I okay, I have to close with sharing this story because it was pretty cool because they don't have baseball like this in France. So we let, uh, you know, Jean-Claude borrow uh, my iPad and we set up the language so that he could do Google searches and have everything in, in French. And so again, I say, this is how amazing these people are. He studied the rules of American baseball so that he would understand it. And let me tell you, once again, their curiosity and their desire to learn and be engaged is something, honestly, that inspires me. They were at the game, and it was a tie game, and I believe my brother was visiting from out of town, and he took, he and I took Marie and Jean-Claude, so of course we had to do the American thing, hot dog and a beer, and watch the game, and it was a tie game, and I think, I don't even know what inning we were in or what time. I was done. Of course, I've been to many games. They were riveted. And honestly, I had asked them if they were tired, if they wanted to go. Jean-Claude was like cheering and hooting and hollering for the rail riders. And they wanted to stay until the bitter end. And they were so genuinely enthused and excited. And it was just great. Um, One point to make, and I don't want to end this on a negative note, but they were a little surprised. Well, maybe not surprised, but they remarked about how much people eat and drink. Uh, around them. And so they were curious how people were going to drive home. um, But also they were kind of a little bit taken back or surprised at how much food Americans eat while they're sitting there. And uh, that's just just something, another reminder of differences in culture um, that Europeans don't eat and drink out of boredom, I guess you could say, as much as we do. And that's not a diss. That's just that's just something that's a different cultural thing. That's all. So they enjoyed it. They had a fantastic time. In fact, that evening, the Anheuser-Busch, the Budweiser, uh, Clydesdales were there at the beginning. So it was a pretty great night that I took them there. They were super excited at everything that they did. So I'm going to close on that note because my voice is getting tired and I don't know how coherent I'm going to be in a few more minutes. I had the air conditioner on before, but I think my brain still melted, unfortunately. So thank you if you're hanging in there and 
I will just tell you, I love Scranton and Northeastern Pennsylvania. There is so much to see and do. Reach out to me if you ever have questions or if you want to share something, a restaurant that you enjoy, a place that you enjoy that you like to go. There are places to kayak, to run, to hike. There are great family-owned restaurants and businesses that you really should check out. We have to support local. It's just a great thing to do, and it will help our communities to thrive. So I will close. I'm working on a closing line. Let's see if I can say it properly. So no matter whatever is in your glass, drink it with class and enjoy the moment because regardless, it will pass. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Janine Luby funny wine girl, and you've been listening to Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl.